Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <clears throat> Welcome back. Welcome back. You you can't start an intro by coughing. And then saying, welcome back, welcome back. We've flown the nest of Pip, and he comes on to me with welcome, welcome, welcome. And you've just done a really shit version. Shit or definitely better. It's all about the <laughs> AWR, are we recording? That's, okay. that's our right. thing. That's right. our thing. It was my thing. <laughs> more, more my thing. Um, well, AWR with Dr. Feelgood and Chris Passion. Right. You're out. You've been muscled out now, pal. Right. You're just doing the acronyms for this show. And what are you doing? Bringing you new characters. <laughs> we're using any of this because we're just fucking talking bollocks now. Well, we might as well. This, well look, listen, this is part two of... um, Because uh, uh, I think it's a little special. Mm-hmm. Then I think we can we can be a bit ridiculous, can't You're we? You're a little special. Like, um, that's just offensive. Um, This is part two of our bonus... Um, record store day special, special. hardcore listing podcast. Yeah, man. Um, with Elastica's very own Justin Welsh. If you've listened to part one, I'm sure you know exactly why you're here to listen to part two because it was great yep. and it was a real insight into what it was like being in a band um, from his very first bands in the in the early '90s, going right the way through to the the peak of Britpop. Really, yep. um, being in one of the most famous Britpop bands there are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes on to to talk more candidly about the whole scene and, you know, wh- what who he's drumming for now, which is even... It's just fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it was really enjoyed doing this one. He's, um, he's, he's such an easy person to talk it to. It was for me, it was because f- it was one of our first few, but definitely... Did you meet him me, No. Well, yeah, we had once, DJ. Yeah. Um, it was for me, it made me realise that I really enjoyed doing these uh, podcasts with you, mate, actually. And yeah. uh, having Justin on as one of our first guests sort of reinforced that it was something worthwhile yeah, doing yeah. and inspiring. Yeah. So, yeah, wicked listening to his story. So, enjoy episode two. And we just a quick little shout outs yeah. to the Distraction Pieces uh, Network crew, um, <clears throat> such as Tuesday Night Jaw with Jim Smallman. <laughs> Say why to drugs with Jim Smallman. <laughs> <laughs> Stop and search with Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you in a little bit. RichieFrebels.com, y'all.
Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Right, okay, let's just let's let's start then. So, hello guys, do I know you? Yeah. Um yeah, no, uh big thanks to our uh, our guest Just who's um now gonna uh talk about his other list which um he's compiled for today. He's also just um made us tea, which is I'm good. Say, is it Thank you very much. Tea, or is it, uh, you really want my confidence? And where where are we today, Just by the way? We're in a We're at a music college in Brighton called Access to Music. Okay. And we're in the, the very, very freezing cold uh, Studio 8. If only I knew you were coming earlier, I might have been able to put you a bit of luxury. But oh, uh, we're, we're all right, it's yeah. It's good, it's good. Yeah, we, I'm more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got yeah. sofas and we've got it's fine. sofas. <laughs> the, the, the within tends to get... The within where we were called, the others tends to get quite hot, yeah. Justin, so it's actually a nice change. You guests to just... just Go down their pants for the second half. <laughs> yeah. I'll come along to the next one. So, isn't that, isn't that not just the alcohol you consume? <laughs> it's it's, it's half and half. Yeah. You, you can't play be. some sort of card game. No, no, no. We have, um, yeah, we have naked, naked final Friday. So, bring, bring pleasure down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the we've got the gold star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll you know, we'll okay, right. So, um, what's your next list, Jas? Well, uh, again, we moved on from what you sent over. Um, I quite like the idea of just maybe, and it's later in the day, uh, just talking about a few records that I particularly like. Brilliant. If that's cool with you. Sure. Um, I kind of think I've kind of done with the 80s for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to move into sort of now, maybe. Okay. You know, well, so maybe some of these, and some of these records are still, I guess, big influences on me, uh, whether it be um, professionally or just in my life. Somehow, yeah. You know? Um, so I thought, again, it's really difficult to try and pinpoint five. I mean, yeah. if you, I understand that five, you have to sort of draw a line, draw a line somewhere, but, like you say, you just invited me to the to, to your bar, and that, <laughs> we can come up with another bar. <laughs> but for now, I mean, I guess um, if you, I thought I'd start somewhere where uh, where my life started to change was when um, I moved out of London with, with with my wife, and we moved to Devon, and and the music that sort of when was this? Just this in post Alaska. Post Alaska, yeah. yeah. So. Post Alaska, kind of the 90s were well and truly done. Yeah. And um, for Mew and I, we. Because um, for anyone that wasn't sure, you, you was in Elastica as well. We well, played keyboards yeah. in Elastica mm. when we got together. And, uh, well, but we, we decided we needed to move out of London or, or wanted to move out of London while it was financially too expensive and we didn't really have a, have a, have a place to go. But we'd been to a party in Tim Tadgett a friend of ours and um, we thought it would be a good idea to go down there for for, yeah. uh, for six months and see what it's like we didn't know anybody down there and the fools that we were we moved right at the beginning of foot and mouth so oh, not only shit. did we not understand what foot and mouth yeah, was yeah. first of all but we moved to uh, a cow farm <laughs> uh, and right at, the, right at the start of foot and mouth so this farm was right on the edge of of um, Exmoor, 
and we didn't really know Exmoor was around the corner because it's pre-internet really as well. So we couldn't really work out our, our bearings or geographically where yeah. we were. Uh, we just basically pitched up on this farm for um, past, well, the six months which then led up in, we stayed there for four years and then we bought the business and bought a house in Devon where we were down there for nine years. <laughs> But, you know, that early years were really, I kind of got to the, having only been in bands, really, since school, if you take it right back from school. Yeah. Because, you know, my dream was just to be a drums and bands, that's what I was always going to do, that's what I still do to some degree. And um, I needed a change. I wanted to do something different, you know, I wanted Mm. to see what other things I could do. So we kind of basically, for for a year, didn't really do a great deal. One, we couldn't leave the farm that much other than going to the to shops or whatever, yeah, but um, just sort of try and do some different stuff. I mean, it was at the end of Elastica, but we still had a little bit of hope that we might be able to do another record. So mm. we kind of emptied out the, the storage in London with our equipment, took it down and set up a little studio in the spare room in the middle of nowhere, you know. Uh, but of that time, I mean, it was great. We had a brilliant time, really, really, yeah. really finding ourselves and um, just going feral for a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. instead of sort yeah. of just, you know, just hanging around in the same old jeans or whatever, just going feral for a bit. Yeah. I think everyone needs to do it in their lives at some point and not sort of be dictated to by uh, their jobs or, yeah. or whatever, um, or they're just in their normal family lives or whatever. It's quite good for the soul of it. Yeah. Uh, so this is what we did. We sort of didn't do a lot. We sort of wrote some music, we dug some holes and put some seeds in the ground and watched them not grow. Uh, <laughs> or watched them grow in some cases. Uh, you know, just do some different things. Just try and find yourself to do some different things. And then, you know, sooner or later, we, we didn't have uh, any real income coming in. Um, had you, had you stopped all the music as such at that point? Not really, because I was still playing. I did a tour actually. I did a tour with a, a band, a metal band called. That was my metal bit. No, yeah. Uh, James Starr. Awesome. Awesome. James Starr. Who? James Starr with Giz Butt from Prodigy. Oh really? No, yeah. Bloody hell! You've got can you got this? Yeah, yeah. But I did. To be honest, with you, I didn't particularly enjoy yeah. it. It wasn't something that. But I thought it'd be challenging. Yeah. And um, yeah. and I, I did a German tour, which like, I was promised the earth with their hotels and with the beginners. And it was just a nightmare, you know. Really? And even get kids that, you know, I'll get him one day for this and I'll say mm-hmm. anything, anything, anything. But even like, oh, you, you know, he turned around to me after one of the gigs and he says, um, uh, you can be in the band, you can join the band, but you've got to get drumming lessons. And I always remember that. I thought, fuck you, Mark. Like, no, I don't yeah. want to be in your fucking shit band anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of that. That was my introduction to metal. Excuse me, just but yeah, music's changing, you know. I've got the deck set up and everything changing. And the record that really stood out to me at the time was uh, Original Pirate Material by The Streets. It's just uh, still a brilliant, brilliant record. So much in that album. I mean, um, you know, I was, we were doing a little job, I think, like a little, little decorating job in this cafe, and it came on uh, Original Pirate Material. Yeah. And, um, or was it, how does it come to this? I can't remember. But it, it was just like, just stood out. 
just massive. It, just, it really did stand out. I remember hearing has it because that was yeah. one I first heard has it, has it come to this, and I was like, "Well, this is what is this?" Because you know, garage where I lived was massive. Right. Yeah. So at the time, I was living in Basildon, and garage was a hu- fucking huge scene. And uh, and then I I'd been to, I was, it was around my uni days, and I remember hearing that being like, "This is confusing," because he's he's just talking over this effectively. <laughs> But it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, lot to it, and you know, his reasons for writing it is recording, mate. Sorry, guys. So he's pointing at the the laptop, thinking it's collapsed. No, he's recording. It's just not. It's not tracing it for some oh, reason. Right. Um, yeah, like I, 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 it, I, at first, I genuinely didn't particularly like it. First time I heard it, right, I was like, right. what, what? And then my ears tuned into it, and yeah, I was blown away. I think "Turn the Page" was the one that actually brought me in, and I was like, oh, fucking. Hell. Right, I get it now. But for me on that record though, it was almost like he was he was sort of singing or not singing, he was rapping. He never called himself a rapper, did he? He was he was he was he was let's just say for argument's sake, he was he was saying it how it was about the nineties in many ways. Mm -hmm. He was sort of killing it off. But talking about all those parties and all those places I've been to and all those people I've met. Yeah. uh, in his lyrics, even though I had no connection whatsoever, that was his story. It just sort of it had it had it it, it got me it kind of um, I could relate to it. Yeah. You know, I could I knew all the characters that he was talking about. Yeah. And like I said to you earlier, sometimes the lyrics have never always not not always been the priority in music for me. It's kind of just how it feels. It could be the music, you know, the rhythm, the drums, or whatever. Mm. But lyrically, it got it. I got it. Definitely. Really early on, I just thought it was. Amazing record, amazing. Record. It still is. I mean, with my copies, it's trash. I'm proud to say it's that. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the worst record in my collection, <laughs> and not because the content of it is it's been abused. abused. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of proud of the way it looks. If I lost that record, a year I could buy another copy, but it wouldn't be that. It's common. not that one. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, the one yeah. that. Yeah, the one it that you want trash. to hold close to your chest. It's not even like you know. The green's gone, it's just smooth almost. <laughs> Covers ripped, it's, it's just got some beer, it's got flint. stains all over the thing. Mm. It's horrible, but it's it's that copy. I think that's how Mike Skinner would want it as well, wouldn't it? Exactly. It really did. We around just a little bit after that, um I did a tour with Pip. It was the first tour oh. we did called Kindness of Strangers Tour, which involved me and him getting in a like in a in a van. Which wasn't a proper like a touring van. It was like a to- gold Toyota Galaxy. It was like a six seat, and we'd m- put the seats down to sleep in it at the night. And we toured the country, and he'd do his sort of spoken word, sort of poem, rap sort of style. Oh. Which was in ways there's 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 contrast to be drawn between oh, yeah. comparisons to be drawn between Skinner and Pip. And and uh, but all the places we went, we keep on coming across these like UK rap acts, and they were shit. And it was because they were trying to replicate what they were doing over in the States. Yeah. They were trying to be Q-tip or they were trying to sound cool and, and, and a bit gangster. And it, it just doesn't work. I don't think it translates. I think like the grime scene has translated it in their own way. But you, we, can't do, we can't do US rap. And I think Skinner knows that. Mm. And he never tried. Mm. He tried to go, well, well, that's not me. I love all that stuff. I love Wu-Tang and all that other shit. But... There's no point in me trying to mimic that because it's going to sound crap. And so he went that route and it bravely, and it it stay it is a standout yeah. record. It it's, is, it's, you know. But also the, what you're saying about they kind of keeping to his, his sort of Britishness, if you like, 
the fact that Britpop was all kind of finished and finally disappeared, and mm. you know, he, he was still so very British. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he'd, he'd come out, you know, five years before in, in the height of. 90, you know, 95, yeah. it would have been maybe he would have created a different genre yeah. altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still very British. Mm-hmm. You know, and he did that, he did that album on his laptop, which was really inspiring for me as well because I just obviously moved out of London. Not a great program. I had a little bit of a kit and an old Atari sampler. Yeah. And stuff. But the fact this kid had done it on his laptop and then fucked off to, to Spain chasing a girl or whatever like that. Just finished. I wrote the lyrics there. It's like so anyone can do this. Yeah. Really, it was a real moment of oh, anyone can without making music. Absolutely, you know? and and it was the shape of things to come, really, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing. There, and I'm sure you see in this building here, kids. Oh, loads of them. Yeah, loads of kids are doing it. And, yeah, and some of them really good. You know, yeah, some of them really good. But um, I I listened. I listened to his uh, audio. I listened to the audio book. Of, no, his story. I don't know if you've heard that. No, because no, no. he narrates it as well. Oh, my God. So it's really funny. And he's uh, he was a big Oasis fan. Yeah. You know, because he would have been a being as a kid. He played mm. he played guitar. His brother played drums. I remember him saying it. He's like that. He's like smashing pumpkin songs to his girlfriend. He's, or, he's, or, he's or, quite or, into his rock and metal stuff. Yeah. He didn't like glow. He didn't like that side of it. And yeah, ironically, he ended up living, renting a flat in just off Labrador Grove. Later on uh, in his in, in his career, and it was always like you know you could hear the blur like hanging outside. Like, you know. <laughs> but he was you know really influential, really influential. I mean, it's a shame he's not making music now. Although he is, he is, he is. He's 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 scores, weird, actually, yeah, yeah. he is. But he's he's he's, he's kind of he's he, we, we, he sort of crosses because because we we're club night promoters. He does one himself, and he but he. He makes some really good stuff. He's really, he's producing stuff. He, he works with a lot of different people as well. He was doing the dot, wasn't he, with Rob from the music? I think he's uh, done. Um, yeah. I know they, they were doing like quite a lot together, and um, he, he he come off Twitter, didn't he, Mike Skinner? So I think he was a bit of a, a Twitter superstar, wasn't he? Like, um, possibly. But, um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, he does say, he does talk about it. I recommend him, recommend him. Oh, I'm definitely glad that. He, he, he did actually, he, got, he went on, he guessed it on Pip's podcast, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, and, he's um, um, I think once he settled down, I think, because um, obviously his, his life is pretty full on. Yeah. And um, he, then he started, he started getting fits or something like that, as far as I mean. Oh, so really? Kind of, yeah, and obviously the, the, the amount of drugs he was taking and the booze. Yeah kind of ended up going, getting in quite a bad way. Right. And, yeah, um, yeah stop it all. So, so, but that's one of the things, then he, he met his wife and, yeah. and had a kid, and I think he does some school, school, school stuff, but don't quote me on that, but yeah. worth getting a book. I always felt that his music felt re- reachable, like it felt like, like you said, I feel like anyone can do it, and that's yeah. not me trying to disrespect Mike at all, because yeah, but I he, feel Anyone can do it, but you've got to have the commission, uh, the passion to really commit to it. And he's proved, he, he should be able to prove to anyone that you, the, the sky's the limit for what you can do. You know, he, he, he's someone that is inspirational, I think. He put uh, tons and tons of hours in on those first records. I mean, mm. I think some of the fits were uh, uh, triggered by looking at a laptop screen so much. Oh, really? I spent hours and hours and hours in front of the laptop making those records. And some of that was also 
Some yeah. amazing songs on it, really. Never got, that was it for me, though, for the streets. It stopped there. Yeah. And I yeah. did another record, or might have been two, but it yeah. did stop on those two. Um, right, well, obviously, we. So, can we go back a little bit and talk a bit about Elastica as well while we're working through your okay. collection? So, so when you left Spitfire, you, how, did, how did Elastica come about? Like, well, the, it's. it's <laughs> when I first moved up to London, I, I was saying my, my technique for trying to find like minded people in bands was. Was, um, I danced the ads in the paper. Yeah. Really. But you know, when I first moved to London at 16, Melody Maker had the classified ads. The way that, and I just used to answer the advert for, for um, drummer artists. Not really with much intention of joining any of these bands, but I lived in a one bedroom flat with two of the guys, and it was just a way of getting out. Yeah. You know, this is my, in Leighton, which was put out, 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 but not anymore. And um, and it was my way of um, trying to meet others. Yeah. So one of the one of the auditions was for this band um, called Suede, and um, I turned up and it was just being uh, Bernard, Brett, and Matt and their drum machine, and I um, ended up playing with them for, for yeah. but not didn't do any gigs. Literally after that one audition, they said we're in the studio next week. We're calling a Twelve inch. Uh, twelve we're calling a record. Yeah. Mm. Um What was that? Was that Brandon's? Pardon? Was that the spike? No, 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 no. So the, it was it was a track called Be My God. Right. Which came mm. out on White Label. For me, all I ever wanted to do, as far as I was concerned, I'd made it I made that record. Yeah, you, you that's all I ever wanted to do, make a record. And they were offering it me, you know, next week. Yeah. So it's a twelve inch white label on this little label that they'd signed to I think that's getting the gold. Uh, which never really came out, only the white label. But yeah. that's how I met Justine. And then I subsequently was in a, another couple of bands. Justine called me up and said, well, I've turned up for rehearsal. And I was like, well, can I be another couple of bands, really? <laughs> so that was the end of that, re- yeah. really, this way. But I kept in really in contact with them all. Bernard ended up living down the road, so I was seeing him a little bit. And... When I and I was in a couple of local bands in London, but I used to play the Falcon a lot with a couple mm-hmm. of bands. Um, that was, the, was that, that one of the that was a bar flight at one point as well. Was that later on? I think the Falcon was in Royal back, College Street, yeah, right in the middle of Royal College Street, real famous Camden indie mm. scene venue. I used oh, to yeah, play a lot. Yeah. Any support slot, a couple of bands I was in would take it, and the stage was made up of crates, yeah, blue crates or pink and pallets, or whatever. Great venue there, but Roger, who um, Roger Cow, who was the promoter there, had a little label called E Records, which was what Street Spitfire on. Um, used to sit, give us gigs, you know, give us gigs any demo I get a gig. And um, their drum, Spitfire's drummer left, and it was it was the week I left work, and he weirdly called me up. I wasn't no, no coincidence. He said, "Do you want to play drums in Spitfire?" So. Went down to Brighton, met, met them all, without realising I was actually joining the band. I was on mm. the next couple of days I was away on tour. Yeah. And then we got the Blur tour. And by this point, Justine and Brett split up, but um, she was seeing Damon, and she came to a couple of gigs. So that is a long way around. But yeah. when this 
obviously seen me play again and hadn't seen me play. And I bumped into him at Glastonbury when Blur were playing. And she said, would you like to do some recording? I've got some songs. And uh, Damon will play bass for a bit. And um, I'll play guitar and sing and you play drums. And I've got some studio time, which is EMI. So we did these first few yeah. rehearsals with Damon bouncing around on bass and, <laughs> you know, that's Damon being Damon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, his park life era was already happening then. You know? yeah. And we, um, yeah, we did, within a few couple of months, we, we got Donna joining the band who'd answered an advert from Guitarist Planet uh, and, uh, and um, uh, Annie was recommended through Mark Waterman, who was our producer, to uh, to play bass. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, sort of how it sort of happened. But that's how I met Justine. And um, yes, the rest is, uh, of course, on the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, we did, I mean, it happened really quickly. The band rehearsed for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, we, I'll say a long time, felt like a long time. So I'd been used to being in a band and a couple of rehearsals down the road, we were all that playing. Yeah, we're all yeah. fun. We were, you know, we were doing it for like eight months in rehearsal room every week. Just wow. trying to learn to play some songs, really. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm not blowing my own trip, but I've probably got the most experience of playing. Mm. So I've been doing it for something. Yeah, the others yeah, yeah, really yeah. hadn't had a lot of experience yeah. in gigging. Annie hadn't really ever done a gig, and it was a proper yeah. DIY band, which is what. Justine's vision kind of was really. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, but they obviously when come first, stutter come first. Stutter was the first single. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it it blew up big quickly, didn't it? The exposure in the indie press yeah. was huge quite quickly, wasn't it? Well, when we were ready to play, we did a number of supports because the, the stuff we the demos that we've done, we've done, managed to get some demos done, which was line up the stutter yeah. and Vaseline. And um, we done them. We recorded them down at EMI Studios, which is just a basic little sixteen-track studio. Great little studio. All the amps in the corridors. Really noisy. You know, there was a <laughs> the, the studio has got like um, it's a tiny little room, smaller than this, and a little live room which you just about get a drum kit in, or you find if you're doing vocal there. Then there was another studio which was twenty-four track, but you were never allowed in that because Kathy Dennis would mostly be in there. So if you got a booking. You would keep to that booking, which was in those days was a treat. Going in the studios, yeah, it's a massive deal. Now you can yeah. go anywhere. You know? yeah. yeah, but but then it was like brilliant. We've got some studio time, but it, that studio time could have been cancelled right at the last minute because Kathy Dennis went into the studio. And she'd been writing for like Kylie Minogue. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So their big writers would get in there, and us like unsigned acts would just like get the scraps. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'd yeah. Sit yeah. there and wait, hovering to get in. But it was great. It's, it's that, you know, like I say, Amps in the Corridor, there'd be one in the loo, and and that's the elastic sound. Really? Yeah, I hired the gear. No one had anything to do. No one had anything to do. But yeah, we started playing. Once we got started, because because of the connection with the EMI thing, we were able to get a few decent supports, like on the, the classic M25 circuit. Which you've got Bedford, you've got Chelmsford, yeah. Army, Navy, mm, yeah. you've got um, yeah, the Windsor, Old Trout. Yeah, um, the Old Trout, I saw Blur at the Old Trout. Yeah, oh, yeah. might have been at that gig. Yeah, that was an early one. 
Right. right. No, that was, you know what, that you was, support them at the, you support them at Old Trafford. That was post-leisure, I think. I think that was oh. around Pop Scene time. Oh, we might have done that gig. Yeah. Let's see, you weren't into the band then. Well, Windsor Old Trap was like a treat, I was, it was one of those places, you, it seemed to me in my, in, I'm, you know, my head still thinks it's always sunny in Windsor. Right. And the swans are on the river. <laughs> and you have an ice cream after science. <laughs> I'm sure it's not really like that, but that's in my head. It seemed yeah. to be, you know, people punting down the river yeah. in Windsor. And, oh, there goes Blur. Yeah. Punting down the river, you know. There goes Kingmaker. There's Raider at the door. It was all like that, but I'm sure it wasn't. So I remember seeing that ice cream once. So who were the supporters? You don't only doors then, when you were already at play. We supported Kinky Machine. Brilliant. Quite a few dates, and later on they supported us in Europe. Which was really good. What was their singer's name? Is that Louis? Louis Elliott, yeah. Because yeah, he's he went to Rialto, didn't he? Yeah. I did, I did a tour with Louis as well. I played drums for him when I, uh, I could uh, tour the West Country with his. He's got a, um, Louis Elliott and the Embers, he calls it. Oh, and yeah. um, and it, it's, it's just really quite. It's got a bit of a folky edge, a bit, mm. bit uh, Nick, Nick Drake, sort of Nick nice. Kane. Really like, lovely stuff. Louis is a great songwriter. Great song. He plays guitar with Grace Jones as well at the moment. Really? Yeah. So we did a few gigs with. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm just mm. finding out what all of the all of the people are. Oh, I still love it. What they're all up to now. Oh, it's brilliant. I so we did and we did King uh, King Maker. Yeah, yeah, That's quite a few. And then we did. I think Bedford Squires was one of those sort of who's who's had their first review in the Melody Maker. Yeah. And so it was like Smash. I think we played with and. But that M25 circuit was seemed to be, you know, Bedford actually isn't that, that close. Is oh, it? No. Really I, the, I thought it was like an hour out of London. Yeah. Do you reckon any bands are doing the M25? Because we we, we, we've done a lot of live bookings, haven't we? But not recently. And I wonder if many bands do the sort of like the M25 That's circuit right. these days. We've we done that. We've done this, the, the Scrooge's Pit Party in Bedford three or four months ago, haven't we? Yeah, um, we did that, do that. that. Like, you could easily map them out quite easily. Yeah. I think, mm. I mean, I know that at the time there was still the Zap, I think. Yeah. But um, going south didn't seem like you were touring. It seemed to be, you got for me, I always think you've got to go north. You go yeah. south, you're just yeah. going to play, play at home. You've got to go north. As soon as you get out, as soon as you get out of the M1, then you're on tour. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not actually an official uh, uh, tour until you've done one mile on the M1, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A great guitarist. 
Oh, I'll tell you what, he's doing another podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 All right, so what's, what's, what's your next choice? You've had the street, so what's, what's next, Jeff? Well, again, this is uh, the trip hop thing when it came along was just something uh, for me. I, I say with the drumming thing, but I just love trip hop. Oh, so yeah. And then, I'm sure you can talk about Massive Tap for, for, for years and years and years. You know, people love that band. But I do too. If it was any band I could be in, if I had a choice, I don't want to wish for too much, but hmm. I'd love to, would have loved to be play some drums in a Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so I've actually chosen Blue Lines though as an album, really, yeah. because yeah. it was. It, it, I know we talked about the streets, and we talked about you know the, the element of being able to do stuff yourself and DIY and do it on a laptop. But when Blue Lines came out. It was like I need a sampler. I need mm. I, I need to get a sampler. This is obviously yeah. you know I can't sing like Sharon Nelson. Yeah. But um, but you could sample. You could sample yeah. Billy Cobham's. That's it. Yeah. Drum beat. Yeah. And you've yeah. got instant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant yeah. record. Yeah. Totally. You um, know I can't play like Billy Cobham, but I could nick his drumming. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Pretend I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you know, Save from Harm on that great on that album it, it, it is is. Just brilliant, and um, and you know I like I like I like you know I like I like the mezzanine, and I yeah. like um, uh, with, with teardrop, and and the hundredth window. I love that record as well. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor on that one. Yes. Yeah. Sinead O'Connor on that. So every record that was coming out was great. Yeah. But for me, I guess it's going back that 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 album when Blue Lines came out. I was living with Steve Mackey from Paul. And we, that record was being played a lot. Again, with Porter said, not Porter said. Uh, but the sampler thing, it's like, yeah, we need to go out and get samplers. Yeah. We had a basement in this house, a place called Keystone Crescent in King's Cross. Amazing little crescent. And we used to get houses for rent cheaply off British Rail, so they're owned by British Rail. We've got this great house. The house now has been sold by British Rail, and if you drive down that little crescent, it's worth stupid amounts of money. Yeah. Yeah. But we were paying no rent on it at all. Mm-hmm. And we bought, well, it was both of us, we just got hooked into this idea of, oh, we can make, make records. We can make records in our own house for the first time. You know, we're talking about Elastic getting the treat with the studio. But this yeah. was the first time you could do, you get a, an S1000, you spend two and a half thousand pounds on an S1000, mm-hmm. which is worth nothing now, and a couple of old synths, yeah. and get an Atari, and you can be making some music, yeah. right? Like Massive Attack, yeah. which was, which was brilliant. So yeah. Steve and, uh, uh, and I, we called, called, so Paul Elastica kind of, we sort of, connect, we kind of, we sort of collected, get all, all gathered bits of equipment together from one of the bands that wasn't being used, we built this sort of makeshift sort of studio. I mean, it was nothing like anything, any studio really, but it was us trying out how to use samplers. Yeah. And little record deck, just sampling records all night. Sit up for hours and hours just sampling records. Yeah. Not doing anything with them again, but, but just the fact that you've got a loop up, make it's a loop. Like yeah. cutting loop. I remember when I, I, I started playing around with it and, and just cut, messing around, cutting loops off things and sampling things is yeah. is a lot of fun, even as you say, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Well, but you can get amazing things out of very little when you sample, can't yeah. you? You can find something accidentally and loop it and be like, oh, that, that does sound super. And that, that record, Blue Lines, does have like a lot of sample mm-hmm. credits to. And make that again. I like They really make good use of it, you know. Yeah. But rather make good use of something that exists yeah. than 
produce something yourself that's a piece of shit, you know. Well, they're the same, they're the same as you and I in that sense. I'm not, well, I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> for you hypothetically here, but, you, you know, I could play a note on a keyboard, really. I didn't know what a C was from a D or a C yeah. sharp or, or B flat. But if I managed to get a little bit of a leak going, I get a G and I press the sequencer button, press one note, and wow, I've got a track. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they were doing that. They were, they were DJs, you know. Yeah. Massive DJs. I mean, um, we saw them not long ago at the Brighton Dome. And... 3D's actually yeah. playing keys on certain yeah, tracks right, right. now. So yeah. 20 years later, he's been able to play two, yeah. three yeah. notes, <laughs> which is great, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, it, well, but you don't need to. It's using your yeah. ears, and they had great ears. Yeah, definitely. And they were quite making records with, with, with which I wanted to make, really. Yeah. Which I still do in many ways, you know. That was, that was definitely, I think the first track I heard was uh, Unfinished Symphony. Yeah. And that blew me away, and that was to me a, 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 a gateway to a lot of beautiful, like the trip hop genre, and even later on bands like Uncle James Avell. Oh fucking hell! I mean, yeah. that, that first record, Science Fiction, is oh, I mean, it kills me that I love it. I love it so much, and I guess I think Massive Attack sort of like sort of led me into that sort mm-hmm. of world. Yeah, it's a it's a cracking record. And, it, and the trip hop thing was like the streets was that it was English. Mm, yeah. You know, um, well, Bristol. It was Bristol. Bristol yeah, for a while, yeah, but yeah, they but did let, let go of it after a yeah, while. You, you, know, you can't claim it your own. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all come from. Well, that. I'm half Bristolian, so my dad's from Bristol. Right, allowed to yeah, yeah. straight away. You know, it all come from that wild bunch thing, didn't it? Like, yeah. And you know, there was there was some some serious superstars in there, wasn't there? And uh, all come from the graffiti scene. The graffiti. Scene. That's where three D came from. Yeah. Graffiti artists. Um, uh, yeah, we were rumoured a little while ago that he was Banksy. It went yes. well, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he's like, now just he would have been the most prolific person in the world, right? So not only could he, he was on tour about at the time. Yeah, when that's 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 Right, in 20 years. Oh, guess what? No, I was. Uh, oh, oh, Jesus Christ, man. How much talent have you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. Did anyone else read about Shara Nelson and the court injunction? No, no what was that? She got a court injunction put on her by Pete Tong for stalking him. <laughs> really? I'm sure... It was Shara Nelson, I'm sure of it, <laughs> for stalking Pete Tong. That's interesting. Pretty, pretty sure of that. Fucking hell. Oh, you got, yeah, I wonder how long she was up. Well, I'd like to know more about that. I'd like to know the actual details yeah. of what she was actually yeah, yeah. What she was doing and what he was, why? What he was classifying <laughs> yeah. as stalking. I'd be quite happy for her to walk up and down the path outside my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little guy on a skateboard behind her. Okay, so. And you know, just I could quickly. easily say that about many of the, I mean, the port, Porter said that Dummy was just, oh, was just a phenomenal. And live, that live album. Yeah. And that's, that's the, unbelievable. I've got a friend who works with, with um, who texts for stuff that I've done in the past, but he does a lot of Porter said stuff. And that's, that's the stories, they're such lovely people, that lot. They're so down to earth as well. And, um, and the music they make is just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Every record is just brilliant. Really humbling as well, like you know, it's just a, such a humbling lot, really, for how brilliant it was. Yeah. It was then, wasn't it, that um, kind of lifted the lid on the, the Spotify royalties? Did you read about right. that? Uh, um, 
probably said in one year um, 34 million streams on Spotify and earned 2,500 pounds in royalties. Really? And then, yeah, they kind of went to the press with it and said, this is, this is how it is. Um, wow, yeah. That's that's a dummy Exactly. I actually saw it first gig, which I, I think they claimed as their first gig, which was um way back with my friend Justine. Uh and we um was it Smashing? Remember Smashing Club in uh Regent Street? It was a, um it was kind of one of the brick poppy sort of clubs, but they had gigs on and I asked to do a couple of videos there and put a couple of videos, but tiny little stage and they played their first it's supposed to have been the first UK show, but I reckon it was probably the yeah. only show. So, you know, two hundred people. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. When Beth was always like cigarette in hand and yeah. you know. Yeah, amazing, crazy show. But even like when they put the um Third album, Machine Gun, when I first heard that. Machine Gun, brilliant. Fucking hell. Oh, mate. Like, what a beat. Yeah. It's, uh... Alive. I just yeah. blow... That's, 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 that's... I mean, I haven't talked about this band, but um, No Order of one of my all-time favourite bands as well. Absolutely. And I kind of toyed with putting them in or not. But um, I saw... First time seeing No Order, I've seen quite... We did actually play with them. Shared the stage with them last year with a Lush gig in... Oh. in um, in Poland, and it was brilliant. It was amazing, you know. But um, just be sharing the same stage and that. But seeing the order and like when Blue Monday would come on at Reading Festival and yeah. those strobe lights go from speaker to speaker, blowing my mind. That was. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like machine gun. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, it was yeah. almost like. We've got to do something like that because yeah. that is just gonna. That's gonna hurt when people see that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 
tracks that I've, I've kind of gone through I mean you know picked I suppose but many of them are kind of sequenced and based electronic and, yeah and I think I've always kind of been drawn to that a little bit um maybe it's my 80s kind of uh, um being influenced by the 80s already initially listening to stuff but Certainly, that kind of electronica thing is. It's very strange that you say that. The fact that it's programmed drums and you're a yeah, a I love drummer. No. I love love electronic drums that program mm. stuff. I think, you know, I tend to find myself in um, guitar bands, and I think maybe that's another reason why I don't really listen to so much guitar music. Yeah. I mm. I tend to. I mean, I know when Elastica we we'll go back to Elastica, but in America when we were touring a lot. I, I once after that '95, you know, all that build. I didn't really know a lot of the bands. I mean, what was happening in the UK mm, anymore? Yeah. I just listened to um, loads of electronic stuff. Mm, yeah, you know, and and that's that was that's that was for me. Orbital was massive. You know, I just yeah. had that in my bunk. Orbital blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. You know. Well, we can fast forward and drop back to that thing in a minute. But while we're we're talking about electronic music and your mm-hmm. you know your love for it. And, um, one of the first times we met was the band Asbo Kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. James from EMS. Yeah, yeah. And that was very electronic, I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Right, so, how did, how did that come about? Well, James is an art, one of my oldest, oldest friends. And um, he's got me an art in his, in his, you know, his dance music. <laughs> it's just that, is it? As in, you know, it's a great guitarist, James. Oh, well, when he puts mine to it, it's a really good guitarist. But, We've all, I've knocked around and done a few little gigs with him over the years, and we used to share a, uh, again, going back to Depot, uh, towards the end of the, the Depot's life, we used to have a little studio up there, uh, an Elastica studio, and James had one around the corner, ours was a bit ramshackle, and again, similar to previous studios, <laughs> but he, James had a really professional setup, so we used to borrow all the gear off him all the time, you know. And uh, we we really hit it off with a lot of like 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 minded music. So we stood stayed friends for a long time. And when we moved out of London, you and I, he would come down to Devon, uh, and then he finally moved out, and and um, uh, or, or we'd, we'd always keep in contact. And he, we just sort of just threw some ideas around. He had a band called Beauty School with his wife, and uh, I saw them play a couple of times, and I sort of bullied myself in, kicked the other drummer out, did a. Keith Moon on him and said, I'm going to be a drummer. <laughs> and uh, we did a couple of recordings. We never did a gig, but that sort of just sort of, it kind of fizzled out. And James had a few more ideas. I said, well, why don't we just do a band? Yeah. But it was really, it was, it was great fun because it was all, I was just getting, I was personally just getting used to using the internet and, and getting, I got a bought a computer, a laptop. an electronic kit on that. I used two SPDSs yeah. and just used pads. A lot of it's all backing track. Mm. But we just, 
threw ideas back as before. It was the first time I'd got used to using that idea of sending files back right, and forth. Right, yeah. You know, which is so easy now, and I do it daily, but um, it was one of those approaches. Let's try and make the album. He lived in Yorkshire, I lived in Devon. Yeah. We did a few gigs and we'd meet in Birmingham to rehearse, yeah. the yeah. two of us. There's a lot of work to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did manage to get the album together and we put it out on a little label in Brighton. And it was good. We managed yeah. to put some gigs together. You did you gave us a couple of really yeah. good gigs, you and and um it was a lot of fun. It was it was nice standing up, just the two of us in front of the stage. Yeah. Just playing samples. Yeah. Again, playing samples what we yeah. talked about. But I've now progressed on to using the SPDS pads and and just triggering stuff. Yeah. And it was great. So it was just a different thing, but you know, it was getting harder and harder. We did a couple of shows in Russia. We got went to Russia and played in, in Moscow and then we got asked to go back again not long after. So we kind of were big in Russia for about five seconds. <laughs> and when I say big, we're like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just there. Five there. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was good fun. And it's, we just left it open-ended, really. Yeah. It's not like we have a sort of like day. Yeah. James is doing his own thing. Um, you know, in fact, we're going up to see him soon, yeah, probably next half term. Uh, I think do EMF still play occasionally. Got got some again. They're doing a few, they did a couple. I'm just going to log my laptop in a minute. They did a couple. What's it like gigging in uh, Russia? Sorry? What's it like playing in Russia? Um, come back to you. It was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of always wanted to go to Russia. Yeah. Um, I think it's a slightly insane place. And to be honest with you, I'm not that comfortable with, with uh, Russian politics. Yeah. But I also found it quite fascinating, maybe the James Bond mystery. And, yeah, that's you know, it. There's a little bit to of that, mis- isn't there? To want to see it for yourself. Yeah, a little bit of mis- mystique about the place. And I think that was kind of was found quite fascinating. You know, they've got some awful, awful politics. Yeah. And... and, and um, now I probably wouldn't want to be in any wish mm-hmm. to go back, but um, it was interesting. We played uh, the first time we went out. We played a, a, a festival with um, the Horrors were headlining, and it was it was a great it was a great place. You would have loved it, Chris. It was yeah. like, all all uh, knackered old um, warehouses, yeah, all awesome. everywhere, little pop yeah, yeah. kind of art studios, yeah, yeah. And we played in these like old warehouses. It's right down, downtown. Looked like everyone was a KGB, you know. Really? Imagine it. Looked like any minute now, any old security guard would just gonna destroy you. You know, it was quite a scary place, but great, really good first experience. And then we got off to go back, and we played this mad little bar, which was why we were doing it. I've no idea. We supported a friend of ours, and. um, it was like all dining tables. And it was just rich, over-wealthy, over-wealthy. Opulent. Push, opulent yeah. Pushes, yeah. And they had no interest in us being there. But this was like a hot ticket, this gig. Mm. Which felt really odd. And we were really... That's, it was really unlucky. Yeah, yeah. And then we played St. Petersburg in front of hardly anybody the following night. But the, but the promoter mm-hmm. got us over, sorted the visas out. It always to, to 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 really not play in front of that many people. We're just a bit shocked. Yeah, yeah. Right. but really happy with what we've done. 
Yeah. But <laughs> what was that? That's interesting, yeah. Someone is going to pay for you to go to Russia and, and yeah. line up some gigs and, and pay you and sort out your flights and your visas and everything. Happy days. Yeah, I definitely have that mindset of Russia as well. Like I, I, I haven't been there yet, yeah. and uh, it's for all those reasons. And I, I agree with you on uh, a lot of their politics. It makes me very sad. Um, it's fascinating, actually, their political structure. Yeah. But also, it is that I'd like to. There is a bit of. It's so foreign, in the sense of foreign to me. I need. I want to go and experience that, alien, and, and, and end up in a sort of like. Like warehouse yeah. brave, you know. I want to, yeah. I want to see what that's it like. Was, it was really good. That that side of it was really good. But you know, we got ripped off. They got us out there. They only paid us half the money up front, and then he wouldn't pay us the next. And next time, we had to almost threatening the promoter to pay us up front. And right. the brown envelope was delivered at the in the hotel lobby. Yeah. It's all very dodgy. It's very mm. dodgy, but it, it was it was quite fascinating. But now I've done it. I'm in no rush to go back. Yeah. yeah. Tick the box, mate. Oh, yeah. We went, you know, and the fact that it was just the Asbo electronic thing, it was yeah. easy to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we just mm. had a rucksack in. Yeah, yeah, bag, and too much. Yeah. Set up and, and play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, could, I can only imagine it being a lot more difficult if you were being around. Yeah. Well, and then also being noticed that you were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which is yeah, what yeah. you don't want. To. So, yeah. what are we going to go for next, right? Um, well, I've kind of. I know I talked about a little bit about um, my electronic electronica, but I've kind of fallen in love with PJ Harvey again. Yeah, it's easy, it's easily done. <laughs> I wish I kind of sort of I don't know if I'd ever fall out of love with her, <laughs> but I just sort of in it not in in, in, in uh, the attractive physically, but her music. I mean, in the early Alaska days, we used to jam on Sheena the gig, and you know, that was one of our sound check songs. Yeah, we used to try it, and then they only get. That's the first bit for that, yeah. fourth part, or whatever. But the last two albums are amazing. Yeah. You know, they're very in the same sort of uh, Nick Cave kind of writing. It's made me listen to lyrics again. Well, I think, what's the album with Send His Love to Me and Come On Billy and um, Down by the Water? I can't remember what's that album. That's, uh, um, uh, oh, oh, um, I can't remember. Well, you got a picture of her hair. Yeah. Because that was obviously when she was. I think that was when she was with Nick Cave. Yeah. That album. And uh, and you watch we watched a video to um Down by the Water last night and it's it could just oh, be yeah. it could just be Nick Cave um doing what she's doing, just mm. dancing, looking sinister, oh, sexy, slick, cool, like oh she I mean, I remember watching can you remember that gig um that when she played Glastonbury and she had the cat suit on. I think it was yes. around the time of that album. And uh, uh, that was another thing that I think the parents were like, oh, she's rubbish. Uh, oh, she's oh, Rid of Me. Of course it is. Rid of Me, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Rid of Me's um, before that. Which one are you thinking of then? Um, not dry. White cover. There's a couple of white covers you've got here. I'll have to come and have a look, mate. This one here. No. No. Yeah. Oh. No, hang on, is it? No, no. keep going down. No. No. That's no. a cool session. No. No, it ain't going, man. Someone's quite a tire, is it? Yeah. What do you mean? What's the song you're talking about? No, it's not that. It was, um... And there's dry. No. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
situation but we were there and we, we did some we've done some self thing we still yeah. do and uh but she goes quite far to to um understand the these subjects doesn't she and and to write those lyrics as well so i think that comes across she travels with journalists yeah. and she's been to a lot of uh dangerous countries isn't she to sort of like i'd like to make it. i'd like to make a record like that at some point it seems i've never kind of done a, had the opportunity to sort of Go right. We're going to go on a road trip, yeah. whatever, and um, write about that in that same way. You know, find out really what's going on, and and to be, in her case, the, the journalist really and reporting it cor- correctly. I mean, I've got, a, I'm not particularly fond of journalists in, in many ways. I think they get it wrong and they see it from their side too often. But she seems to say a lot that you yeah. you want to say, and. Um, yeah, I've definitely sort of got it again with those the last two records. Mm. I mean, I've chosen the I've, I've chosen the two, you know. Um, Is she different? Yeah. The hope six hope six demoli- demoli- demolition and letting them shake. Yeah. Right. Uh, she lived in I think she lived in Bridport for a while, but that may be different. That's where she's from, isn't right. it? She's di- um, uh, where are we talking in Bridport? We're talking. In, I thought Brian. Nick Cave did Brian. Nick Cave was, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. You see him around sometimes. I actually saw him, saw him in a, in a, uh, a you see Nick Cave as Nick Cave. You weren't buying stuff. You were Well, I have seen him wearing a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt and a baseball cap. Brilliant. Fuck. Oh, yeah. And the high tops, like he's just been skateboarding with his kids. Oh, that's amazing! That's brilliant. And that's, yeah, 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 yeah,
fucking serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. But maybe you want to see him on the skate park. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, something yeah. tried. <laughs> <right, laughs> no, it's it's almost like a, a, it should be a Simpsons or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see Radic Rad Radmico. Radmico surfing. But you do Oh, brilliant! All right, well, can we can we go back and pick up on 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 the Elastica story then? So. Um, what do you want from me, man? What do you want from me? <laughs> I just, well, I'm just curious. We've kind of done the what happened before and, and what, where you've gone. So obviously, we, we, we'll get on to Lush. Um, okay. Which is obviously... We've only got a couple of songs left, so you've got to get in there. <laughs> so, obviously, Elastica were blown up and you've got a, a bag to the right of you there with loads of laminates and stuff that, 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 that you've got uh, for something. And just seeing... Looking through like the, the laminates and stuff uh -huh. and seeing like things at like, Palooza and, and, and things like that, like it looked like it was fun, man. Oh, yeah. Well, touring's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people hate it. I actually really like it, I feel really comfortable with it. Yeah. I like being on the move, I'm a little bit, um, uh, I get sort of a little bit fidgety being in one place. Uh, I like seeing the world you know mm. one of my things was when i was at school was always i i had two things one of them play music and i wanted to travel so well the best way i could work out <laughs> it was to join a band yeah, and hopefully yeah. have some have some success but so uh, it was it was pretty crazy when we got going but only in in a good way i think in a positive way um we 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 did five tours of the us in a year where it cost over. Wow. And uh, that, we really, really did work hard, yeah. you know. We were going backwards and forwards, coming back, doing the normal, doing the washing and mm. paying the bills and whatever, and then going back out a few, few weeks later. And um, it really worked. I mean, we, we, you know, I'm proud to say that as a band, we, we we did all right in America. We yeah, broke yeah. America, sure, whereas sure. a lot of the other bands yeah. didn't. Yeah. And this might be uh, also down to not only just hard work, but also the fact that we were signed to get him. Yeah. And they, right. they really pushed us out there and believed in the band out there. Um, and so getting up to Nirvana at that point, am I right? Well, no, not really, no, because we signed... Uh, we, we it took us a while to sign to to, to get him because we when it, when it kicked off everybody wanted to sign us it was that sort of nineties thing where there was money everywhere sign yeah. this band sign that band but we had obviously same sort of treatment that all the bands were probably getting I can only speak from what I've heard but mm. um, but they um, Kurt Cobain shot himself so committed suicide now. What everyone believes, yeah, and uh, a uh, and that was about the same time as when we were going to Simon Geffen, so it took a long time, right? Um, so we were in the studio recording the first album, if you like, and we just kind of ran out of money in a way because we hadn't signed a deal with, with, with Geffen, even though we committed to making that record with right. Them. Uh, and this, uh, so Nirvana, although we were just about to sign. That's when Kurt decided to to um, call it end it all, yeah. you know, or whatever way you want to put it. 
the other we we um, it's saying it's a good while. But the other bands that were there, there was a guy called Mark Case who signed us, and um, he uh, also signed Hole, Beck, Sonic Youth. Um, you some pretty good yeah, yeah. yeah. and and we we and we ended up being on a lot of Palooza like you, like like you just mentioned, but that was a bit by default really because uh, Sinead O'Connor was going to do the tour, and she'd oh. done two days, but she was pregnant, and I think she was a bit a little bit too much, so she pulled out, and Sonic used to were curating the tour, and the acts on it wanted us to do it, and of course. We just oh, finished cool. doing a tour in in America. We just got home, and we were virtually just got home. Still got valid visas. We we're back on the plane, going back out again. So when that was going to be the moment of maybe having some time off, we didn't. Yeah. And we kept going, kept going, kept going, until we had to come back to play a couple of committee festivals. One was it was called Failure, the the, the Irish one. Yeah. With the blue and Stone Roses, the headlining, Paul yeah. Weller on that took on that one. And Tea in the Park. When we came back, we uh, uh, did the two shows and then Annie refused to get back on the plane. She had enough. Mm -hmm. So even though that should have been our point in a way, we should have said no. But we're on the roller coaster of doing the Why well. did she just went no? we she said I'm going home. But we jumped got back on the plane yeah. without our bass player. And the feelers went out for, for um, who would play bass, yeah. and, and Melissa from Hole wanted to do it, Abby from Beck, or anyone, any band on that tour wanted to play yeah. with Elastica. Really, they all put their all put their hands up and said, "I'll, I'll do the job." That's crap. So man. she shows that you know, yeah, says the band was a good really, band yeah, or exactly. Abby's a phenomenal yeah. bass yeah. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, it was good. It was good. I mean, we did, we, I'm not going to say there was anything particularly bad about it. It yeah. was just a lot of hard work. And for me, I'm kind of comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. Others might find that a little bit. They say boring. that within, with human, but I, I, I did this. I did, um, hit, I, I had someone do uh, hypnotherapy on me uh -huh. for a while to uh, help get over something that I'd, I'd gone through. And one of the sessions, she was talking to me about, I can't, I can't remember full details, but she said there's different, because we're tribal base, she says there's different types of people. Mm. And you have people who have got genetically within them quite dominant genes, like kings and queens and whatnot. And there's other people in tribes who were going from almost village to village. And she said, you are, you, you know, from talking about you, about yeah. your personality, you are like that. You're a rolling stone. You'll be more fidgety. You don't really want to be helped out yeah, like that. So it's a character trait in us. Yeah. So people who go into bands, you might come into a band because you happen to unite over the fact you like or you want to make so, something. So but Yeah, exactly. But then when it comes to touring, it's like some people are going to be like, I can't fucking deal with it. And other people are going to be like, actually, I like the... The new, uh, the new information that your brain's taking in when you're going to these places, even though it is, you know, it's it's exhausting. It can be. Well, it can. You know, I know a lot of people that um, really struggle with just being away from home all the time. You know, fortunately, I've got a great relationship with my wife as well. That we're able to just do, like, if I have to go away for the weekend on a tour or something, like that, it works. It's yeah. Fine. Mm. Come with me, and, and that's great as well. But. Um, 
some people just really just if they're not in their comfort zone, it's just. I understand that. You know, I find that really difficult. I find that really difficult. I don't particularly like the area I live in, but I always have a sense of relief when I'm. The area doesn't like you, mate. What are we going to go for next, then, Jas? Okay. Well, I've tried. I've kind of. Come forward a little bit. And oh, we've got, we've got two left. Two, two, tra- two kind of tracks, two records, maybe two albums, really. Yeah. If you like, or or what. But really, the next one is. Um, I've chosen this one because yeah, I could have looked at, like I say, New Order or something like that, big influential record. But an album that I've I've really got a lot from recently, and I think it's a great, great record. And I think the drummer is a brilliant drummer, mm. very much similar to the way I play. I think. Is the Foles album, um, yeah, a knife in the ocean? But it's, I'm a, I was a bit late. I have to con- confess, I'm a bit late with getting into Foles. I was given the first album and I gave it away. I gave yeah, this yeah. and gave it away. Uh, this album, um, I did some, I did a little bit of backline stuff with with the Maccabees a few years ago, and they were on the same bill as the Foles. Yeah. So I, I thought I'm going to check this out, and I just thought they were brilliant live. I thought they were such a good band live, and I. You know, I can't remember what's the what's the, the drummer's name is. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, it come to me in a minute. <laughs> uh, Jack Bevin. Right, right. But he's just got that same kind of power a little bit that I thought think or may think yeah. might, might be getting a bit of myself a bit. But the I no, the way I play to some degree, and it's just been quite refreshing to see someone yeah. do the similar sort of thing. Not a massive drum kit set up, but just really the groove on it. Yeah, and, you know, such so, so I just kind of and then I later find out as I really dig in and, and eat the sleep out, it's yeah. like actually Alan Mulder mixed the album, mm. which is yeah. one of my uh, great friends, and you know I've done a lot of records with Alan and, and a lot of Depeche Mode, didn't we? Yeah, a lot of Depeche Mode, yeah. uh, Pumpkins, yeah, um, Nine Inch Nails, yeah. um, it just goes on and on and on, yeah. you know. His, his, his work with Flood has been brilliant. Uh, and of course, he, he did loads of the Elastica stuff yeah. as well. Mixed connection and things. But I just I just love that record. Yeah, it's, it's a great like, record. It's, 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 and it's fucking loud and you can crank it up. And, there's, and so much, there's so much energy in it and raw emotion. Yeah. I mean, like what went down the track itself. It's a cracker. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that, how that, that song makes me feel. And also... The composition of it as well, how it builds up, and then that sort of like the, the bass comes back into it, and oh man, and then it just crashes again. It's it's a great. They have so much, raw, and they, they've changed a lot as well. Folks, like sometimes their sound has developed and it has moved on, and I like it when bands do that when mm-hmm. they 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 keep experimenting. And I think Foles are a great example of a band who have evolved I into something. Um, I mean, like they, they are top tier, really. Yeah. I they they, they can tier. definitely fill a, a festival crowd, uh, uh, and it works. Whereas yeah. I've, I've watched bits of some earlier stuff on YouTube, and it's again, it's not do, done a great deal. Mm, yeah. It's really thin, and the early stuff when they were doing all the kind of Afrobeat kind of guitar, mm, yeah. and uh, yeah, so and there's some of that on the new record, but it's just got a lot more power. Yeah, got a lot more Alan Holder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but they pulled it off live. They could do it live. Yeah, it yeah. sounds awesome live. Yeah. Really, really good. And and it kind of got me. I managed to see them over a couple of weekends, like twice. 
uh, on both shows and watch virtually all the shows from the side of the stage and like, this is great. Mm. I really like it. Yeah. So it was one of the, probably one of the best live bands I've seen for a while. Yeah. For me. Yeah, that, that, it hit the mark for me. Yeah, I saw them yeah. I think Glastonbury last year. Actually. Right. Yeah, it was good. I, I watched think. the Six Music um, live thing they did. Mm. I think it was last year. Uh, I watched that uh, on the um, on the iPlayer, and it was it was great. It was great. Really good, you know. So that's that's kind of what I chose that record really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cover still reminds me of Ride a little bit. But yeah, 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 them, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> Obviously, that's influence there, but I kind yeah. of forgive them a little bit for that. Okay, so before we take your, your last choice mm-hmm. um, of this top five, so moving forwards after Elastica, you've moved to Devon, um, you, you've also been making music with with James as Hasbro Kid mm-hmm. and, and, and done some work with Sway a few years back. I did, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've kind of still been friends with them for a long time, yeah. and um, uh, unfortunately, Simon got, uh, contracted TB uh, a few years ago, and because um, I'm still mates with them, I guess they yeah. asked me to do it, do it yeah. which was I—I'd I, never played live this way, so it was kind of um, <laughs> a, a new thing for all of yeah. us. But, it was quite a challenge. I'm not going to say it was an yeah. easy job, but I, I really loved playing with them, and it was their shows were phenomenal. But um, it was not. I had notes everywhere, all around. You know, so yeah. I only had a few days, I had a week to learn this twenty right. odd songs. You know. Oh really? It wasn't like we practiced and practiced. It was these gigs are booked. Um, so it was a massive festival in in, in Spain, like thirty thousand people headlining. And the other one was, and then there was two in, one in was, was in, um, uh, uh, two in, in Scandinavia as well. But they were all like 20, so one like 20,000, the next one was 30,000. No pressure. So, no, no pressure. No, no, yeah. but, you know, know, like, yeah, but you know all the songs, because no, I've known them for years. So how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you prepare for that you, on such short notice? Obviously, it's in this room, rehearsals. for two yeah. days constantly, with headphones. With, with headphones. Yeah. And they sent me a set, and we and then we had about four days in the main rehearsal. We for the second gig, so basically we're just in there every day, and just going through them. And I, and and then Brett is not, they're not loving being in a rehearsal room when you've been playing songs like that for years. They're kind of already there. Yeah. So we we was at the end. It was just the it was just um, Neil, Matt, and Richard, and me going through stuff over and over again. Making different notes, you know. I was just notes, I had post it notes, fucking shit everywhere. That much that I confused myself in the end because I was just like, I can't remember where I am or what's going on. <laughs> and there was one bit, one of the fe- <laughs> one of the festivals that was playing, I was playing like Drowners or something like that. And I just started this beat thinking this was it. And then Matt turns around and sort of counted. I just kept going until, and then just like the band just came in and like, fuck, I finally yeah. got it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kept changing the beat a little bit, and it was like, that's it, man. That's how you knew he was going to start. I'm going to post it, no. That's how we go. That's a lot, isn't it, when you're trying to take on all that information. That was, so what was the challenge? Was it that you had so much to take on all in one go, or was it the rhythms? Was there any challenges there for you? What did you find that was the biggest thing? Was it just the volume of things you were trying to take on? I'm playing in front of an audience, a crowd, you know, because... 
to be honest with you, I didn't even hardly know they were there that much. It was yeah. so much to think about. Yeah. And they were big shows, headlining shows. But um, uh, it was just the volume of information to mm. take it. You know, and you can kind of get away with it. I'm pretty good at doing it, and I've done it many, many times over the years. Stepped in at the last minute and done gigs. And I quite get, I kind of get off on the buzz of that. Yeah. It's the challenge. But the, the bottom line is, you still got to get it right when there's 30,000 people yeah, yeah, working yeah, on yeah, yeah. But with drums, you, you can wing it a little bit. You know, you can wing it a little bit. Um, just keep going. Advice, mm, just keep yeah. going. I mean, Simon's a very different player to me. And one of the things I found in one of the Sway songs, which you, they probably not even admit to because they don't know because they've played it for so long, is things like certain choruses would slow down rather than get faster. Yeah. And that's only a feel thing that I noticed. But mm, it's obviously yeah. that gives that dreamlike suede yeah, feel. feel yeah. But you you can't explain that. You can't write that down or anything. You've yeah. only got to be in the hot seat where Simon and the rest of the mm. band have played it a million times yeah. and, they're, and they know it goes yeah. like that. But as, yeah. as an outsider who might naturally push yeah. in, the, in, the, yeah. in the chorus or whatever, yeah, right. finding themselves to slow down yeah. a little bit, yeah. it's a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Interesting. But I did... The first two, I was, I was, you know, I won't, I, I, as I say, I confess to not enjoying them that much. But yeah. the Spanish one, um, it wasn't Primavera, but it was the same sign, so it was, it was fucking dick. Yeah. Um, because it, it was good, you know. It was, I was, I'm pleased. I'm glad I did it. Mm, yeah. You know, but um, I tend to, I, t- I like those challenges. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, you only got to know if you, if you can do it or not. But, Putting yourself in there, exactly, yeah. yeah. Putting yourself out there. Mm. So that then leads to Lush right. reforming. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that, how did you get involved with that? Well, the Lush gig, uh, again, Spitfire supported Lush. Right. So I knew the band really well. Chris was a really good friend of mine as an old drummer, which is the reason why they split up. Because he knew of his own life. The band split up and they hadn't played for 20 years, but I got wind of the fact that they might be getting back together. And I was like, hmm, I can do that. So I called up Emma and just said to her, Look, I've got tip off that you might be getting back together. And um, I was recording at Rack Studios with a hip hop act actually at the time, yeah. a band called Hawkhouse. Oh, yeah, okay. So I was doing some stuff with them. And I, and I, called up and she was like oh we don't know what we're doing we don't know and then they had this discussion to call me back a couple of days later saying we'd like you to do it <coughs> brilliant so but it was all under wraps no one was to know about the, the Russian reunion and it was, a, it was a lot of work to do you know the band hadn't played 20 years guitars had been in the loft there was you know we, so we did some rehearsal down here in Brighton uh, just to try and get everyone's confidence up and get going again it was good. The shows were great. We did two nights at the Roundhouse. Uh, sold out two nights at the Roundhouse. Do you like playing there? I've always wanted to play the Roundhouse. Yeah. Love that place. Yeah, it's Shows pretty cool, great. isn't it? Yeah, it's become one of the main venues in London venues now, hasn't it? Got to check out uh, at the driving oh, about six nice. months ago. It was, yeah, it was good. All right, we got we got lucky. Like Pip said, do you want to what are you doing tonight? I was like, ah, oh, nothing. Yeah, great. I think I wanted to do anything. He's like, do you want to come in? I was like, yes. Yeah. And, uh, it was cracking. It was really, really It's just about on. the right size because it's not huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of bands can get, you know, a lot of bands can do a couple of nights there as well or what, you yeah. know, yeah. and sell it out. It's, it's, I mean, 
Get the bouncer. It's that upper ring as well, isn't it? Yeah. That it catches. That's where I think they can pack it. The actual sure. thing. So I've done a secret, secret, low key kind of warm up right. comeback thing there. A few, a few years back now, and uh, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly good gig to be honest, like. But the sand mm. was incredible. Yeah, it's great. Like, it, it really did. Well, I just pulled out the stop to get a. An amazing light show, and you know we took some of that away with other festivals. And the American gigs went to America twice. Played, played at uh, Coachella, and we played. I know all the shows in America were amazing. You know we're looking at two, two to three thousand sold out every night. Brilliant, wow. theatres. So it was really good. It was, you know, I really enjoyed it. You know, and there were, we did a couple of playlists and stuff like that. But it was, it was good. It's a shame it came to the end. You know, it is it because he's yeah. that it, he's it, like, well, you know. Well, the band are called it a day. Um, they were all going to do their own thing. I think they had a really good year of it. Why, why did they put it together in the first place? Like, why did they do the, the comeback thing? Was there anything that drove it? Or, well, I think initially there was some really good offers on the tables and they found oh, right. it was time, right. it was right, right, yeah, it, was, it was the right time to do it. Yeah. One of the reasons they hadn't been in the past at all was Mickey, as um, it was well, throughout this whole thing, she kept her job. She works in it for um, uh, uh, a magazine, and um, she was going to keep her job. But she, when you've been in her job for a certain, certain amount of time, they would give you a sabbatical of extra amount of mm, yeah. days off. Mm. So she had about an extra forty days or something, and she, which she said, "Well, this is the year I can do it because I've got to use these dates." So she was juggling them and then going to America, flying back in on the Sunday, and going to work on the Monday. Just yeah. to do all these dates, but yeah. so I managed to make it work. And of course, families and things yeah, like yeah, that, course, and yeah. they had a good run, and, and they, they decided to call it a day. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good, you know, I enjoyed it. Brilliant. So thank you, Lush, for asking me. Yeah, yeah. Nice playing on a big stage again. So, last song. Yeah, let's do it. Are we going to get emotional now, or...? <laughs> well, it's been, it's been good chatting. It's been it's been really fun doing this, Justin. Before we answer that last song, so thanks so much, mate, for, yeah, for coming in and, and giving us a sort of like a rundown of some of your influences, eighties bands and more recent. Yeah, and of course, uh, listening to your sort of uh, the different bands you've been in, and also how you got there as well. I think that's always good for other drummers who are listening to this to sort of like go, oh, right, okay. Yeah, well, unreachable, and you know you can just just plug away at it. Well, my advice would be don't always follow my advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, there's there's some there's some good in there, but you know, make your own mistakes. That's what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the last one I've, I've kind of chosen is is a bit of a weird one, really. But this was I did quite a lot of driving, um, a lot of road trips a couple of years ago, and. Um, I was driving through Scandinavia a lot and um, up to Norway and uh, after Clan album Pyramidia was was the sort of soundtrack mm-hmm. to a lot of that. Yeah. This is the, then this band I'd never even heard of. Yeah. Knew my no. wife on four AD, knew my wife got us tickets to go and see them at the dome. Right. Uh, with uh, in, Brighton. in Brighton. And they were playing the album with, with um an orchestra, symphony orchestra, and it was just blew me away. The sound was incredible. Right. Like these horns and 
incredible. I highly recommend it. It's a, it's 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 a brilliant record. And another thing, it's going it. back to the sampling thing, they made a lot of the records by yeah. they went off to a, and that sounds a little bit pretentious, but <coughs> they went to this old mining town. Yeah. And in Norway somewhere, and just camped up, deserted mining town. Yeah. Camped up for for uh, uh, a week or whatever, and just sampled everything, all the sounds. So they're in the gymnasium. Oh, they're old oil drums. All the basically all the uh, inhabitants of the, the inhabitants of the place just left. Just so gone. everything was still there, and they camped out for yeah. a week in this place in the gym or whatever, and <coughs> sample everything. So a lot of the sounds on the album are there are in that record. And I just I just find that they're just a band that really I don't know I don't know much still don't know much about them. Yeah. But um they find the four AD. They're on four AD, yeah. And they're just really chilled. The gig was really chilled. It was like you know, they came on stage, um with a dicky bows and a glass of wine. Oh we obviously we'll put it up on the Spotify playlist. But what 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 could you compare it to anything that, that you know, like? Um, well, it's quite 4AD. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite yeah. a lot of atmospheric stuff yeah. going on. You can tell by the, the orchestras and that. It's, it's quite dreamlike. Yeah. Um, there's a particular track, uh, Sedna, which I just find really, really quite haunting and really nice. It's really good. The great kind of soundtrack stuff, which is why yeah. I loved it for the for the journey. I was going to say for journeying through yeah. that sort of landscape. Going through the well. landscape, and you've got waterfalls to the left, waterfalls to the mm. right. Yeah. You know, frozen lakes. On my own, driving on my own, on the, in, in a van, going through the mountains. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the mountains going on. You go through this the tunnels, and you at twenty minutes, you're still in the tunnel going through yeah. the mountain. Incredible, and you've got this on. It's just like. You're in another world. That's definitely so, that's definitely one that's a new one for me, yeah. and I'm going to look forward to that. Um, well, some people yeah. might not get that get yeah. those records, you know, but it, it for me it captured that that particular yeah, time. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. my thank thank you, me for uh, introducing them to me. And the gig at the Dome was was something else. Yeah, you know? there's an element of you know, like Bjork and things like that. Yeah. You know, and she's she's goes down that road of mad singers. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there's loads of that sort of stuff on it. Is there vocals on it? Loads of vocals. <clears throat> check it. Really, honestly, check it out. Yeah. You know, and if you could play the track now, play said that as the as the cool. swan song to the to yeah. the day. Um, nice. Okay. It's, it's it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. I had a similar experience uh, very recently when uh, so I went snowboarding about a month ago, I guess, yeah. and I hadn't heard uh, Pink Floyd's new record. Right. And uh, we arrived, and we arrived sort of as as the sun was setting, and driving, listening to that, and driving through the Alps was, it was yeah. just exit. It's just a great way to experience a, experience a record. The, the darker it gets, the more you yeah. pay more attention to what you're listening to as well. It's a fact, it's, a, it's magical. I, so, one, of my, one of my first experiences that on a road trip, I went on the, I went to, um, it was when the internet first kicked in, and I was living with, with Steve Mackey, so, so, and we, he managed to get one. It was like dial up. We're like, wow, Will's a massive place. This is brilliant. Let's go on a road trip. So we went to um, Norway again, actually Norway. But um, we just had one album. We had Ronnie Sizes um, oh, represent. Right. We just hadn't come out yet. Yeah, we've right. got a copy of it. Oh, yeah. And we just had that in the, in the hire car. We, we basically went on this tour into Tromso, and we hired the car. And it was going to be three days, and we were going to be back. We hired the car. We wanted to see the midnight sun. That was the idea. So it was going to be 24 hours daylight all the time. 
So I picked up this car, we drove it to the little ferry port, and we we're going to sail through all the floor, floor it's all the way up to the furthest northern point you could get, and then drive all the way back quickly to get back. And um, we, we drove up to the, to, the, to the ferry port, and there's this tiny little ferry, I was like, how the fuck are you going to get a car on <laughs> This little crane just come down and just picked it up, pumped it on the front of the boat. What? <laughs> like, literally just on the front of this boat. We got on and we sailed for 24 hours into the midnight sun. We got off, drove to the furthest okay. northern point you could get to. The road just ends. <laughs> I looked at the 24 hours and drove all the way back with the side. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that's and it's it. just that album, still, when I hear it, it's, it's, that's it. It's, cracking it's, that, it's that three days. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have those soundtracks occasionally. Yeah. Definitely. And they might not mean anything to anybody else, but if you get you get it, that's that'll stay with you. Though. Yeah, that intimate um, experience with it, yeah. definitely. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go swimming in the mountains, I'll go and sit in the lakes and the yeah. rivers, right? and uh, and it's always if I'm going to go and, and drive up to Hull or something like that, I won't really think about what I'm listening to. I'll just <laughs> plug it in and, and whatever's on's on. But when we go up in the mountains. You're always a little bit more. Well, what we're going to listen to when we all of a sudden we're off the main roads and all of a sudden there's mountains either side, like you say, lakes and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, the film score to the Fassbender film Shame. Right. Right. Um, there's a track on that called Unraveling. And it's like a classic. Oh, it's just gets you sometimes. Yeah. The power it's, of music. It is. It is, and you just think, it, and it, it just like you say, it's. It just works yeah, in, in, yeah. in that kind of environment, yes. Because you, because it also when it is when you're in nature, you remove every because all you're seeing is nature and natural. Yeah. You're removing the human element, yeah, 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 which yeah. you're more familiar with when you're listening to music. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. yeah, it's cool, very cool. All right, well, I can't thank you enough to do yeah, this. Yeah, uh, It was you're welcome. We said uh, we're gonna... Are we done? Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, I think we're just getting going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you can talk as much as you want, mate. Well, in, in the future, we can. Uh, I'm sure, like, uh, we can do other other lists and other things that you want to talk about as well. I'm gonna go and take my dog for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. <laughs> and listen to Epic Clown. <laughs> I knew when we were talking to me, Chris is like, who do you want to chat to? I was like, mm. I'm gonna ring just because he's he's, he's always. Been an absolute gent every time we've ever done anything together, and uh, and you've had a really interesting life. May and that continue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not dying. Yeah, whatever's whatever's around the corner and whatever's next, then yeah, I hope it's all fantastic, mate. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks again, mate. Thank yeah, thank you. Day. Yeah, much appreciated, yeah. Justin. Cheers, mate. And we'll call cool it a day there. Yeah, mate. Catch you soon, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are we recording? We're, I think we're recording, mate. Yep. There we are. Hashtag. Um, oh, that was good. That was good. It was excellent. Sorry, I said that like we've just made love. <laughs> um, oh, that was great. Um, I get it a lot, mate. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you like to do after just making love? What's your first sort of thing? Do you apologise or do you... Right. Yeah, there's generally um, that kind of... Um, sorry, that um, that shouldn't have been as quick as that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of apologising, a lot of self-loathing. Um, <laughs> and then, where to bury the body? <laughs> <laughs>
I'll get my shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another one, shall we? Okay, all right. Ready? Are you ready? Okay, ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for love? <laughs> <laughs> Any more ready-based songs? Ready or not, here yeah. I come. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. What was some... Dun, dun, dun. No, it's uptight, isn't it? Um, uh, oh, what was that one called? Ready to Die, which is uh, obviously a biggie. Um, no, nah, what was the Motown one? Get ready, get ready. ready. Yeah, was that one? Yeah. Any more ready bass songs? Mm, ready as a teddy was probably. No, there's never been a ready as a teddy song. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Um, listen, um, hashtag in your uh, ready bass songs. Um, Have we started? What is this? Yeah, I don't know. We, this, we, this is the bit at the end where we we, we say thank you, everyone, for listening, um, and thank you to our guest, and thank Justin you to Murphy. Justin, um, who yeah was was a brilliant guest. Um, I know we say that about all our guests that they were brilliant and they were lovely, but we ain't had one that's been an arse, have well, we? No, everyone's I don't just been like a prick on either. Well, there's that. Yeah, everyone's mm. just been really nice, and mm. and and they've all agreed to do this and. None of them know the fuck me and you are. No, like, no. They know they know me from um, Crime Watch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so yeah, Justin, like all of our others, has, has been a, a really nice person to sit and have a chat with. Yeah. And um, like I say, um, as well as thanking Justin, we've got to thank you guys um, because this is going really well so far. Yeah. Um, and we're having a blast doing it. And thanks loads. And please keep retweeting and sharing and tell your pals that, if you want to hear a, a couple of dickheads talking mm-hmm. to some smart people, go and have a, a listen to Hardcore Listing Podcast. Yeah, subscribe, bitches. And also, it's record store day, so go and support uh, music. Go and buy a fucking record. Yeah. Have you bought one? It's not record store day yet. But it's yeah, what? I will. I will when it is record store day. Oh, okay. Make sure you do. I will do. You make sure you do, prick. You do? <laughs> I'm going to find a better friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.